Welcome to the podcast today, hosted by Pat Gray, Stu Bergier, a host of Pat Gray Unleashed and Stu Does America, available on Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code being Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Also, you can subscribe to our podcasts, do that right here on this app, rate and review, please, we appreciate it, five stars is the appropriate number of stars, and whatever you write in the review, you know, it's great, whatever, whatever you want to tell people about the show, something quick something easy we appreciate it today on the podcast glenn is back by the way back on monday uh, we get into uh biden's continuing issues with his cognitive decline and how the media basically has made him a non-entity in in the news which is very strange andrew cuomo's daughter has come out as demisexual and if you don't know what that means <laughs> you're a hate monger uh, we we hate you everyone hates you mm-hmm. but you're the hate monger somehow i can't remember i don't know exactly how that works but we will tell you what a demisexual is if you don't happen to know and we look at the war in afghanistan what's the right way to think about it and did we do the right thing sort of just in the cover of night leaving and leaving a giant airbase empty <laughs> eh. questionable pat what'd you say eh, questionable okay yeah. okay mm-hmm. good we did say good luck to him on the way out though good luck they didn't hear us because they were nowhere in the area because we didn't tell them where we were leaving. But, but that's probably okay. That's right? that's fine. Maybe we left a note, like yeah. a sticky note. Maybe. Hey, good luck, guys. <laughs> uh, even though the Taliban now has already a third of the country, what could possibly go wrong? Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. the vaccines and the fact that the media obviously doesn't care about getting people vaccinated. They yeah, this door-to-door it. thing is ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And That's so, going to push people from away from the vaccine. You, you show up at the door with a needle? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where that's been. I don't want anything to do with it. See you later. Yeah. Bye-bye now. One thing you could do is I think, and they don't, they're not doing this so far, but like you could just get the vaccines to people's doctors. Right. One of the one of the issues, like I, I had a, a friend who was in, thinking about getting the vaccine. They hadn't gotten it yet. And they went to a doctor's appointment and the doctor was like, look, you should get it. Like, get the vaccine, yes. get it done. I know it's annoying. Just get it done. And they were yeah. like, all right, what do I need to do? And what they needed to do was leave the doctor's office right. and go on their phone and set up an appointment th- for four days later. And they then drive just over do it there. right then. Right. Like, just get it. Get Why? it in the hands of the freaking doctors who people yeah. trust. Right. Like, right. You know, their local doctor who's who's giving them the information. That's one thing. Another thing you could do, and this is more applicable to what we're talking about here, which is if you actually care, let's just say, let's just come up with a, a mythical world mm-hmm. where the priorities of the media and the government was to say, we want this pandemic to be over and we want people to be vaccinated and the vaccines are great and we think this is the best thing that we can do yeah but we're going to put that above everything we're not going to obviously it's bigger than politics right what you could do is have a a a, a, a concentrated effort to put a guy named donald trump on television <laughs> yeah. and all over the media Saying, to get talk the vaccine. about how much oh the vaccines are a success story. Can you imagine what that would do? Yes. It probably would make a big difference. It, I would, sure would. it would influence millions of people millions who of are people. supporters of his and remind them that, hey, he's the one that got this going. Right. It going through his, it's his administration. It's his, it's his accomplishment. Yes. By the it's way, it's not Biden's. Donald Trump got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I listened to Donald Trump on the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton show. They're in the Rush Limbaugh time slot. And they had the president of the United States on the air. Former. Uh, former, Stu, sorry, I should former. say, you're right. Former president hey. of the United States. And Jeffy, by the way, uh, well, thank you, from Jeff. Jeff thank Chewing you. the Fat yeah, podcast no, joins us here. Mr. Believer. I mean, Joe Biden got more votes than anyone, <laughs> my friend. He's <laughs> the president of the United I'm States so of sorry. America. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you take the former president, mm-hmm. and, and I was listening to him talk about the vaccines. He sounds exactly the same way he did during the campaign. Yeah. A huge part of his, uh, his re-election campaign was, hey, we're getting these vaccines done. And a huge part of his legacy. Mm-hmm. Is having gotten the vaccine done. Yeah. In so, the time frame he, he said, said yes. it would get done. Yeah. Which is incredible. So, and, and as yeah, he pointed amazing. out again, the entire media said it was impossible and he was lying about it. Right. Okay. So let's just say, like, I know you have this ban on the president. I know you can't bring him on when asking him about de- denouncing white supremacy the, or whatever weird thing you feel like you have to do every time he comes on. Yeah. How about don't do any of that? How about have a nice softball interview where you say to Donald My Trump, gosh. hey, guess what, Don? It would work. Uh, yes, it would. Mr. President, you came mm-hmm. up, you were you were able to shepherd these. Think about this approach. If CNN was on the air, if, 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 if all the news networks and and. The president of the United States went and said, you know what, Mr. President, we have a lot of disagreements. But look, you did an incredible thing here where you pushed these things through. You were able to make a uh, create an environment where things occurred that have never occurred in human history that you have wiped out. Uh, with these vaccines, we could wipe this pandemic off the, the planet, and uh. you're the guy who shepherded that process through. Instead, what they've done is say, there was no plan. There was right. no plan at all. We had no idea. We came in here, there's boxes of vaccines. They didn't. They were even going to be mailed. Like They yep. just completely lied yes. because they yep. wanted to win politics more than they cared about whether people lived or died. And they could That really is the truth. Ignore everything that happened before and just say... Uh, here's Donald Trump. Donald Trump uh, helped get this thing done. And Donald Trump, what do you think about the vaccines? Yeah. And he could just do it. And they don't have yes. to say anything about right. it. They don't have yep. to go backwards They don't time. have to talk about January just 6th. go forward. They don't have to talk about what the you just said. That would never happen. Biden could never say that. Not could, in a million years. Never and neither, not happen. neither could one single soul on CNN. Nope. They couldn't even bring themselves. Like, let, let Donald Trump come in there mm. and say, you know what? You guys lied about me the entire time. And these vaccines were a success and you guys were wrong. And let him say every terrible thing because obviously. Because you care about people you getting care the vaccine. about yeah. getting it, right? Yes. You care about the vaccine. So well, you know they don't. You're going to put the pandemic care. above your personal pride, right, guys? Except and no, they they're not. not. not a chance. even consider it. No. And, do it. and you, you played his, you know, we continue to play clips of. Joseph Robinette Biden struggling <laughs> yes. uh, to say anything. And I see where there's a new uh, study done, a new survey of a thousand likely voters from the Convention of States and uh, the Trafalgar Group. 56.5% of American voters do not believe that President Biden is fully executing his duties <laughs> in office. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Fifty-six and a half percent again of that, American voters. You Jeez. can't get to fifty-six and a half with just Democrats, guys. No, you yeah, can't. You can't do that. No, you cannot. No. It's just or just amazing. Republicans. So that's not just Republicans saying, mm, yeah, yeah, he's not fully executing. It's that's Democrats, Republicans, independents. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd yes. like to know because I'll bet, you know, there's a huge per, uh, portion of uh, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of Jeffies out there who <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So what is it like 56.5 to 20 
to 19 who think he's fully executing his job, his responsibility? Uh, Does it say? 36.4% believe he is directing all policy and agenda. That's higher than I would have guessed. 31.7% Democrat voters do not believe. That's incredible. I know. Wow. I know. That's now, incredible. And, you know, eight, you got 83.6% of Republican voters that don't believe he's doing it. I would say that's a little low. Yeah. Okay. That seems a little yeah. low. <laughs> and 58, a little over 58% of independent voters do not mm. believe he's that's fully amazing. executing uh, his duty. That's remarkable. I mean, and it, it I don't see how you come to another conclusion other than you just, you know, you, you're hoping. You're a Democrat. You voted for him. You're hoping. right? Like, or you just watch CNN, which doesn't cover any of it. You know, you only yeah, that's true. in your little sphere, all you see is what reinforces your point of view. And if that's what you do, then you don't understand that the guy is in serious cognitive decline. Yeah, I mean, no question. I mean, he does not wearing his pants backwards uh, like uh, the previous president, <laughs> Donald Trump. But he could <laughs> barely been disproven, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I mean, he's just struggles every day. And I would say that, uh, you know, you talked about the notes in his than his jacket pocket being mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Doesn't he carry the names of all the you know the names of dead soldiers and the oh the that's what deaths, he claimed yeah didn't the he deaths claim that? of the coronavirus in the one pocket? He so. didn't seem to have that in either pocket though. I don't know. Uh, it seemed like the other note. Yeah, he was... didn't mention. He didn't. He didn't pull the first one out no. and go. Oh, these are the numbers that <laughs> I carry right. with me every day. No, he didn't. No, he did not mention that. So it's probably that's the right. exact same note i'm sure it is sad also uh dreams do come true uh here as long as we're doing a little chewing the fat segment i want you to know dreams do come true michaela kennedy cuomo 23 came out on instagram and you you know the daughter of your man you know you love him andrew cuomo andrew cuomo is awful Uh, dot com yes uh is his last name dot com I think it is. It, it is? must be. Every okay. time I hear so Andrew Cuomo's Cuomo is awful. is his middle name, and then .com. Yeah, Andrew yes. Cuomo is awful. Dot dot com. Com. Oh, That's the okay. way it works. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she came out last month as queer, but oh. now. Really? Uh, yeah. Now has declared herself a demisexual. Wait, hold on, because I, I thought right. also she had come out previously. Do you have the whole transition here? I do. Okay, yeah. give, walk us through this, because okay. this is pretty interesting. Okay, so in elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, she she feared that she was lesbian. I and that's the way she, she phrased feared. it. Wait, yeah. she feared? I don't know yeah. why she feared it. What but kind she... of hate monger is this person? <laughs> yeah, that is the what? way she phrased it. She then, feared. So you oh, have to wow. assume that, I guess, before that, she was either straight or nothing, right? Right. You know, she's a little kid, elementary right. school. So she hits elementary school, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm terrified I might be I a might lesbian. I might be a lesbian. Okay. Right. Wow. Right? And, and, I, then, and a lot of kids in elementary school think in those that. terms. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, a lot of kids are like, I think I might be a lesbian. Happens all the time very <laughs> Sure. Then in middle school, middle school, she came out to family and close friends as bisexual. Okay, so there's the third thing that she okay. she is. She's bisexual mm-hmm. in elementary school. Then when she was in high school, high school, she discovered pansexuality. Okay, pansexual. And so she thought, has sex with everything. That's the flag for me. No, I think pansexual, if I understand it correctly, and Jeffy, I know you'd probably be the expert <laughs> on this, but let me attempt it. Pansexual means that basically you don't care about it. 
whether it's a guy or a girl. Correct. Like you're just going to like whatever, whatever. If you meet someone, you like them, you go for it. You don't think about it. You're not attracted yeah. to either one. But that's almost anything, right? You and can, now she recently it's not, learned. It's not limited to just men or women, I, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But right. we're bisexual is you're, you're, you are attracted to both. Yes. Pansexual is you're not necessarily attracted to either. It's just you're yeah, just you know. attracted to the, the individual. And you're not necessarily right. not attracted to everything either. <laughs> right. So you might be attracted to absolutely everything, or nothing, or nothing, mm-hmm. or nothing. Or nothing. Right. You can't be pinned. We should and point out that a lot of is queer. Yeah, right, queer. Okay. Now, and what's and, the difference and, between and now? Queer, she's demisexual. Demi. Demisexual. Which is bisexual. What is demisexual? That is people only feel sexually attracted to someone when they have an emotional bond. I think this is interesting because I think I'm demisexual. Right. Too. I think I think, I think I demisexual yeah. is the way we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> now, I think well. like when you talk about sexual attraction, mm-hmm. I can look at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some movie star and say, wow, she's hot. Right. Without yeah, he, having an he. emotional bond with right. her. Yes. Right. Or he. In my, I'm saying or in my particular okay. case. Okay. <laughs> I might say, but like I, I, so you, she's saying you can't be attracted visually. You can only be attracted via emotional bond. Right. So I, it's not exactly the way that I think uh, everybody is, but it's a good element of a relationship. Yes, I think yeah. now this is where her dreams have actually come true, because she said <laughs> yeah. in this interview that mm-hmm. she has always dreamed of a world in which nobody will have to come out. Me too. I, oh, my gosh. Me you guys, too. I, I think the dream has uh, come true. That's my You're there. You've arrived. I think you have. You've arrived. You You don't have to worry about it anymore. She claims that nobody has to come out because everybody's sexuality will be assumed fluid. That's a different formulation. In Mm -hmm. in the world that we live in now, it force feeds cisgender heterosexuality. I hate that. Coming out of the closet (laughs) is a lifelong process of unpacking, internalized social constructions and stigmas. How many times have I said exactly the same thing? How many times? I can't. If I've said it once, you said. Well, that's the time you said it, but I haven't. So no. But if I had said it once, this is why I keep hearing this (laughs) mainly from the the very warm uh, videos produced by giant corporations like Procter and Gamble, who who say like, "Love is love." Let us give you a two-minute pride video about that. Yes. And at the end of one of these, I watched last week. It said, like, we just want to get to this point where we don't need to talk about this anymore. We're mm-hmm. just, you know, it's a, you've arrived. Congratulations. Well, you-, you know, because they say, like, oh, well, we, we wanted to come out. And, and then we realized people were going to be judging us. And obviously that means evil conservatives like us, right? right. That would be judging us. Right. We're, here's the thing. We're not judging you. We don't want to hear about it. We don't need to hear about it. You exactly. can do whatever you want to do on your own. I don't want to yep. hear word one about it. And you've arrived at this incredible world you desire. Mm-hmm. This oasis that you've been trying to get to this entire time where you just don't have to tell anybody about it. We don't have to hear about it. Yeah, don't, I don't feel need, like you have to tell us. We like don't it. need to know. Uh, I'm sorry. If we if we conveyed to you that we wanted to hear about this stuff, mm-hmm. that's our mistake. Again, yeah, we, we don't. I, we don't. We never dreams, did. Dreams do come true. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they do come true every day on Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Amen. The podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Raytheon, another gigantic American corporation 
that is involved in uh, critical race theory, or CRT, as we call it for short. And uh, apparently they're, they're taking their white employees to school. So that's great. That's great. You could tell that the left is not enjoying the way this is playing out because they're doing all the typical things that people on the left do in these situations, which is deny. It's not really what we mean. You're using the term incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not really happening. These things that you say are so bad when their former position was these things are not bad. These are good. Yeah. Right. Now they're realizing the pushback, I think, from the American people. They've run up against that wall a little bit with this stuff. And so they're saying things like, well, it's not really critical race theory. It's just intersectionality. Well, they're very closely related, as we, as we <laughs> right. all know. Intersectionality essentially would be an element that is required to discuss critical race theory. Right. Well, for instance, have you confronted your privilege yet? Have you confronted it? I have. <laughs> you have? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And confronting it. Uh, it ran the other way. It did. Yeah. It was. Good. So you don't have your privilege anymore. You I chased I scared it. it away. You scared it away. Yep. Good. That's okay. how you do it. When you confront it, <laughs> you just got to confront it, come out from behind a door or something when it's walking. It's like maybe it's on its phone. Yeah. And then you jump out and you make a really loud noise and it runs away. Oh, okay. And then you don't have any more privilege. Good. All right. That's the way it works. Okay. So you identified and scared away your privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you stepped aside for minority voices yet? You need to step aside. No. No, you I, haven't done I, that. I'm not going to step okay. aside really for anybody. Hmm. I'm going to... Uh, well, these minority voices, though, Stu, are more important than your own. So, so we're you kind of need to step aside for them. Understanding what, what we're doing is encouraging people mm-hmm. to listen to, to others based on their skin color. Yes. Now, exactly has right. there ever been... An example of this being utilized and turned out poorly. <laughs> Has there ever? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, there's many examples of that, but we're ignoring those now? Oh, we're going to ignore them. Yeah, we're ignoring them. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I I have this idea, and it's been sort of foundational to me for quite a long time, mm-hmm. which is never, ever, in your entire life, make any decision based on skin color really never not once not even not even mm. one time in your life that's should old you make think. any decision based on skin color old think is what that is that's old think okay yeah, yeah. not the appropriate way to go not about it appropriate anymore, anymore. got no. it mm-hmm. no and by the way we should point out raytheon is our second largest defense contractor yes <laughs> is that, right. they should be thinking about building giant missiles <laughs> Yes. And planes. Things that blow other things up. Mm -hmm. Focus on that. That's really important. The the intersectionality should not be the focus of Raytheon. And why is it? It's just so bizarre. And we're supposed to reject, according to Raytheon in their program, they're telling employees to reject the notion of equality Mm -hmm. and instead strive for equity. Yeah, Nathan. Can you walk us through the difference between equality and equity, Stu? Sure, I can. Um, as Chris Rufo, who was initially reported this, as he seems to be doing all the time, mm-hmm. uh, Raytheon explicitly instructs employees to oppose equality, defined as quote quote treating each person the same regardless of their differences. Right. Reject that. Yeah, that's old. Th- again, old think. And instead, strive for equity, which quote focuses on the equality of the outcome 
End quote. I love that. Do you remember when, like, the conservative attack against the left wing philosophy was to say, "Hey, they, they, we all want equality. We just want equality of opportunity. They want equality right. of outcome." And the left would be like, what? "What? How dare you say that? That's not true. That's not what we want." Now they admit it. Now they admit it. It's exactly what they want. Of course, it's what they want, and that's what equity is they, this word which sounds like the other word but is not the other word equality and equity are different things big time and, and and so this is essentially marxism they're talking about because they want to guarantee the outcome so or at least theoretical marxism of course yes. marxism in reality has no such thing as right. equality of outcome uh but it, that except is, that everybody everybody comes out poorly everyone comes out poorly except for the ruling class which yeah. has a pretty sweet life yep uh, certainly different groups ask the uyghurs if communism provides equality of outcome <laughs> well you can't because yeah. they're in concentration camps. oh yeah it's difficult to get yeah. to them at this point yeah. uh, they're in uh, mm-hmm. thousands of concentration camps spread throughout the uh the country uh but yeah it, it does not actually provide such things but it is theoretically providing those things Chris Rufo writes, finally, in a collection of recommended resources, the company encourages white employees to, quote, defund the police, end quote, mm-hmm. quote, this is a defense contractor. We should defund yeah. the police. I love this. Uh, also, quote, participate in reparations, huh. decolonize your bookshelf, and something that I will personally guarantee that I will never, ever in my life ever do, quote, Join a local white space. Now, what is a white space? Yeah. It seems to be a collection of white people who talk about their whiteness. That they're whites. Like, Why do the, I want like, to do For that? example, let me just give you a, a theoretical. You real talk world. about how bad you are as white people. Well, uh, talk about your whiteness and understand yeah. and think about your race all the time. Something that like they used to have these groups. Uh, people wore hoods to the meetings. Mm. Um, and uh, they were great, uh, mm. I'm sure. Uh, mm. Robert Byrd was a big member, big proponent of local white spaces. Huh. Uh, yeah, that was uh, something that uh, that used to happen among Democrats all the time, and now they want to bring it back. Isn't that wonderful? You know, the Democrats brought yes. us the KKK, and now we have local white spaces, which are totally different than the KKK in that they're also white people getting together to talk about the race all the time. I guess the fact that they're saying they're the bad race instead of another race being bad is some sort of improvement, but I would say not a concept worth revisiting, (laughs) not a fixable one, you Mm -hmm. know, Pat? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get to the point where you're just like, you know what? Let's not try to, let's say fascism. Let's not remix it and see what we can come up with and try it again. Let's just skip it. Let's just rule it out. KKK, let's just Mm -hmm. rule it out. Let's just take it out. Let's not try to fix it. Let's mm-hmm. not try to come up with a different way of doing a local white space. Let's get rid of them entirely. Sounds like the right huh. approach to it does. me. Yeah, it does. It Unbelievable. Does. And this is so constant right now. Raytheon. Again, this is not, I don't know, to, to use some example, like Starbucks. Right? Like okay, right. some left-wing organization, yeah. some left-wing company. I don't know. Some like organic you know, uh, buy local hemp salesman, you know, coming up with an org with a, with a, with a seminar like this. This is a freaking defense contractor. Yeah. Second largest in the, in the country after Lockheed Martin. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Now, one thing you should stay away from, first of all, one thing you need to do, Pat, I want to make sure we understand what you need to do, what you Mm -hmm. need to stay away from. You need to, according to the Raytheon internal documents, you need to 
think about telling your think about telling your employees to do this. You have to quote identify everyone's race. Mm. Now, your employees, if they spend a minute trying to identify every other employee's race, what you should do with that employee is fire them immediately. Get them the hell out of your company. Mm-hmm. If you have employees that are taking time out of your workday to figure out and like what document everyone's race. Pat, has there ever been a historical example <coughs> where a, a group of people documenting others race has turned out poorly? <laughs> has that ever gone the wrong way? Like, if you want to make a giant list of people Mm -hmm. and try to figure out, like, I don't know, what percentage black they are, what percentage Jewish they are. Hmm. But let's just say, in a theoretical world, could Mm -hmm. that turn out poorly? Oh, wow. In the last 15 minutes, I can't (laughs) think of a situation like that. (laughs) If I was to go back, maybe... I don't know, into the sort of early to mid last century, I could possibly think of a place or two where Mm. maybe that occurred. Okay, okay. So there is maybe one, but we shouldn't probably think about it and learn anything from it, right? No. Okay. Uh, How about um, you must listen to the experience of marginalized identities and give those with such identities the floor on meetings or on calls, even if it means silencing yourself so let's say you have a really good idea for a missile <laughs> okay but I, you know a, a, a um a mongolian person is in the room a mongolian american and they say you know what i as a mongolian american am oppressed i believe the missile should be shot with slingshots mm. let me have the floor for let's say an hour okay what you should do is silence Shut yourself up. in your rocket propulsion propulsion technology and right. say you know we got to go slingshots <laughs> Because, look, they are a marginalized group, and that's your job. And that would be part of deconstructing my privilege, wouldn't it? It would really, be. And understanding how white male behavior is devastating to racial minorities. Right. And in that situation where you're, you know, you're, you're suppressing your own idea for theirs, why, uh, you've done a good thing there. Yeah. There you go. You've done a good thing. And, and I think we could look at this at three different levels here, Pat, right? The level of like higher education, university teaching, should critical race theory be discussed? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want my kid necessarily, I don't want to pay to send my kid to a place where they're going to learn about that. But you know what? You can, academic discussion, whatever. You can do whatever you want. Shouldn't be banned, certainly. Although I wouldn't want to send my kid to a school that was doing it. Secondarily, you have this level, right? Raytheon, companies. Would I want to work at a company? What do I want to invest in a company? Would I want to, uh, if I was running a company, do this sort of nonsense and teach critical race theory or something similar to it to my employees? I would say absolutely not. Should it be banned? No. I mean, I think if, if Raytheon wants to freaking waste their their people's time with this nonsense, I don't think you can ban it. You know, we live in a country where people should be able to do these things if they want to. However, horrible idea. The next level, though, is the one we're talking about more frequently, which is should these be taught in public schools to K to 12, right? And that, should that be banned? Sure, it should. Absolutely should not be taught uh, to kids K to 12. And and so the, the defense there from the left has been what this is what Vox's framing of it was last week. Many Republican lawmakers cite critical race theory as a reason to ban discussions about racism in schools. First of all, I've never heard that before. 
I've never heard a Republican say anything like that. No one says that they don't want to discuss racism in schools. No one says they want to say, you know what? Let's present slavery positively. I've never, I went through the whole school system in public schools. Never did I hear word one that racism was good. Never did I hear word one that, uh, that uh, slavery was kind of a positive. Never taught. But they say the way they frame it is Republicans are trying to ban discussion of racism in schools, which is not at all what's going on. And then they say, though, there's little evidence that the framework of critical race theory is even being taught in K through 12 schools. So it, it's not a bad thing. But even if it were being taught, uh, even if it were a bad thing, it's not actually being taught in K to 12 schools. Here are two stories from just the past week. The nation's largest teachers union has approved a plan to promote critical race theory in all 50 states and 14,000 local school districts. I Does that sound like a K-12 problem? Does, uh, does yes. to me. Yes. Ibram X. Kendi, the guy who wrote Anti-Racist, uh, How to Become an Anti-Racist and Anti-Racist Baby, he is scheduled to speak Wednesday at the American Federation of Teachers Teach Conference. This is absolutely a massive issue here. And it should be thought about, and it should be out of our schools. If we're going, you want to have a, you want to start your own private school where you teach kids a, a critical race theory, and kids pay uh, their own money to go to it, and blah blah blah. That is allowed in the United States of America, even if we don't like it. However, public schools absolutely not, and states absolutely have the right to put standards on what is taught in the curriculum of their schools. Of course they do. Of course they do. The federal government doesn't have much of a role in it. But the state mm -hmm. government does. And the local governments do even more. And the idea that this is just a non-issue because Democrats find it to be unpopular and they realize they're on the wrong side of the polls on it does not mean it goes away. Yeah. 61% of Americans don't want critical race theory taught in their schools. 61%. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. It's finally happened, the pullout of Afghanistan after a mere 20 years. I mean, is it too soon? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so. Are, are we, and are we the last of the coalition to still be there? The British aren't there anymore, right? No, yeah, they're gone. They've been gone for a while. Uh, so it's just us. It is just us. Well, it was just us. I mean, it's basically... Was. Done now now I mean, it's I the afghans heard a report this morning they're going to keep a few hundred mm -hmm. troops in the country mainly to protect the embassy you know, which is sensible right like if you have sensible, an embassy yeah. there yeah. with in a country that's if you're probably not going to keep them there then you move the embassy you, you move the people out of the embassy. yeah you, right? you just abandon the country all, all right. entirely but if you're going to have an right. embassy there you should have troops there to protect the people in it so we left the other day uh our our troops left Bagram Air, Air Base uh, basically in the middle of the night and didn't tell the Afghans that we were leaving. So a group of people went in and looted the place yep. before the Afghans got in there. Which is great. Which now, this is, is great. a 14 square mile Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> gigantic. gigantic. Gigantic area. Gigantic. Uh, and... You know, so they, <laughs> I guess what I guess what happened was there were some rumors that we were going to be. I mean, we all they, they presented this in the media. I, 
they're like, oh, well ahead of schedule. Well, Trump had it scheduled for for May. Mm-hmm. So July would not be ahead of schedule. Biden just said he just changed the schedule to September and then left in July after the initial scheduling. So like he this is how the how the left gets away with this crap with the media. I, I'll never I'll never understand. But I guess when you have someone who you're rooting for, it's a lot easier to justify such things. Uh, but basically, there was the rumor that they were going to be leaving. Then they just turned the lights out. And everyone was like, wait, why did all the lights go off over there? We should just go over there and, and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Realize nobody was there. And they, there's like photos of people like carrying off cases of like Red Bull full. You know, like, <laughs> like energy drinks and stuff, right? <laughs> bizarre, bizarre circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine that this turns out well. Yeah, the the problem is the Taliban will probably now just retake Afghanistan, right? That's what I expect to happen, is that terrorists will just get back together and uh, reclaim reclaim the, the country. But what would you do? Just stay there forever? What's the alternative? Yeah. If you don't pull out and you, we don't ever come home um, and we leave troops there for forever it we probably could keep the taliban at bay but when you leave what can you do there's all sorts of reporting where afghan troops are handing over weapons to the taliban mm. the taliban now supposedly uh, but mo- the best estimates are Jeez. they control one third of the country already as we're leaving Jeez. i mean we've basically just given up on this and and look you yeah. can ar- make the argument that our mission should have been more narrow and that mission yeah. was accomplished right i mean uh, you know mm-hmm. osama bin laden is dead uh al-qaeda is not really the force that it once was but you know right. our our mission was, that was the goal, larger than that we could have left in 2011 yeah or, or a lot you know i mean osama bin laden specifically as an individual was 2011 but i mean a yeah. lot, there was a massive damage to, to al-qaeda generally well before, before that. that yes uh I, I do hesitate at times with this idea that we should judge a war by how long it goes on for uh, you know like mm. first of all this has not been a war in the way that we think of warfare for a long time that's true you mentioned earlier true. pat uh, late last hour that 13 people per year die from getting hit by vending machines, vending machines that fall Crushing over them. yeah right well in 2020 11 people died in afghanistan for, uh, 11 11 less than the amount of people who die wow. from vending machines falling over them wow. in the united states not to minimize of course the uh, loss uh, of our uh, totally i mean like but i mean when you look at the deaths that occurred mm-hmm. several of them were motor vehicle accidents oh wow right uh there were some that were attacks some of them were um attacks by afghan troops yeah that's the right? toughest to take that's me. the toughest to take for sure uh, i'm not saying any of these don't uh aren't crucial but i mean like here, mm-hmm. here we go non-hostile vehicle accident non-hostile incident non-hostile vehicle accident rollover non-hostile non-hostile five yep um there here's a hostile Jeez. hostile fire smart small arms file green on, on green, green on blue attack so that was a by an afghan uh, afghan right a uh, troop yep same thing for the next one mm. um then a non-hostile aircraft crash six non-hostile aircraft cash uh, crash and then hostile fire ied attack so when you think so, about so the four tra- of them a traditional warfare attack i'd say you would say one 
Hmm. Right? I mean, you oh. wouldn't necessarily right. think off the top of your head of a, a green on blue type of attack. Right. But, but you have to count. All of these count, obviously. And, and, you know, if you, if you have a kid over there who died in an aircraft crash, you're not going to feel any better about it. But that stuff happens in the United States. Yeah. And we have aircraft crashes from military test pilots in the United States that happen. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that it's nothing. It, it, it's something. And I, I, look, we have to at some point even if it's just for spending right reasons like you know you can't just spend money maintaining another country forever but like to think of this as everyone's like this is america's forever war i i I, can you look at a year like 2020 and say okay that's a, a war year remember what's the what's the alternative of war what we used to do in war was yes the wars would end in three to five years because hundreds of thousands if not millions of people were dead yeah you you fought them full bore, mm-hmm. full on. It was it it was uh, it, it was just warfare yeah. all the time. It wasn't like okay, we're gonna we're gonna take this country and we're gonna maintain it, yeah. and then we're gonna we're gonna get attacked every once in a while. That's that's not what's been, I mean. That's what's been happening in Afghanistan, yeah, for what ten and ten years at least. Maybe more yeah. than that. I mean, here, if you look at the fatalities, U.S. fatalities in Afghanistan, really, uh, you had a peak. The highest number was 2010 at 498. Now, again, 498 was 10 minutes of a battle of previous wars. Yeah. As sad as all mm-hmm. of this is, and every loss of life is incredibly, I mean, you don't have to, I don't have to sell this audience on the fact that, I, you know, we all care about yeah. our military members. But war has changed in a way that I think is positive, even though, you know, there's not there's no longer necessarily these days where you walk away with the parades and everything else. I mean, 498 was the peak in 2010. Then it went to 415, 310, 128. And it's been under 100 since 2015 or 14. It was 55, 22, then 13, 15, 14, 24, 11. Then that was 2020 was 11. Now, again, I went through those 11. Mm hmm. Only one of them is what you would think traditionally of a of a war death. A couple of others from friendly uh, you know, uh, allies that should have been helping us and turned on us. A couple of those that was it was three, and the rest were non-hostile events where you know car crashes, airplane crashes, things that were terrible, but also not what you would think of as a traditional war death. Um, there, did you happen to read the uh, the latest Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, The Bomber Mafia? By no. any chance? It's really good. I mean, it's really, really well done. And I like Malcolm's stuff. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, it's always interesting to me. But this is about basically the idea of early the early Air Force where they decided we, they, their vision of what war could become where they would drop guided bombs, not just bombs that plastered an entire, you know, just denigrated an entire civilian population without thinking about it. Their vision of trying to create the technology that would allow us to target the military installations we wanted to hit and not just carpet bomb societies. Uh, and the one of the main proponents of this was in World War II and, was, and got to the point where he was leading the uh, operations against Japan uh, from the air. And eventually lost his gig because they the technology wasn't really ready. They didn't really have it ready. And they wound up changing to carpet bombing, basically. But you realize mm. that, like, you know, when we think of Japan, obviously, in World War II, we think of the atomic bomb. So much was done with essentially napalm type devices, firebombing uh, these places, because the way their mm-hmm. their 
homes were built were very vulnerable to fire and they were very close to each other and we were just you know dropping and there was a lot of that during vietnam to clear away the jungle yeah exactly so um, but they were doing it to clear away you know communities and how cities yeah. and and i'm, I'm yeah. not questioning these tactics and that like this war needed to end and i'm glad that we dropped the atomic bug i'm not like anybody mm-hmm. who thinks the opposite of that but like that was the the choice at the time it was like do you essentially kill a hundred thousand people tonight in their homes essentially the equivalent mm-hmm. of what we saw in miami right where the entire building just catches on fire or collapses and everyone in it dies and do you do this over multiple square miles every night for a year? That was warfare. Yeah. Look, Afghanistan yeah. is is a different situation. And to sit here and say, like, you look at these years, years. <clears throat> do you have the total from the the whole war? It's something like four or five thousand, right? Two thousand four hundred fifty-two. Uh, two thousand. That does not include this year, by the way. I have only up till twenty twenty here. But two thousand four hundred fifty-two. Now, it's. I think the number you're thinking of is. 3,596, which was total coalition deaths. Uh, so that includes mm. the UK and other... Mm-hmm. It was 455 from the UK, 689 total in all the other countries combined. Um, Iraq was 4,910 total coalition, 4,586 US. But again, even Iraq, you look at Iraq, this is uh, since 2012. 2012, there was two deaths for, for the US. 2004, uh, I, I'm missing 2013 on my chart here, but 2014, four... Then 8, 20, 22, 17, 12, 11. And again, you look at the, mm. d- the details to them, and many of them are the same sad situations, vehicle accidents, uh, rollovers, uh, non-hostile. Uh, there are some that are hostile. I mean, these are still dangerous areas for sure. But I think judging a war, what we should look at when we judge a war should be, of course, the outcome. Did we stop people attacking us if that's why we went to war which mm-hmm. in afghanistan i would argue that was the reason we went and we stopped that and when we've that seemed to accomplish interrupted goal, a lot yeah. of it mm-hmm. and also the main thing is how many the most important thing to me is how many of our service people do we lose not how long the war goes on yeah look the it's uncomfortable to say and this is true that people who fought in who went to uh, Afghanistan after 9-11 have children who are now serving in Afghanistan or until yeah, very recently. Geez. It's hard to think in those terms, but the fact, if we could return both of those people back here, that's much more important than the timeline. Oh, yeah. And we have changed yeah. warfare. I mean, people are dying a lot less in wars, and that is good. Uh, it is a, is much, it's no longer the 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 uh the drain on human life that it once was at least not at the moment mm-hmm. and we can take a little solace out of that i think na, 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 na.